Right at the Fork is supported by Picnic, the app where you can share and discuss your best dishes. Picnic. Eat better together. That's P-I-Q-N-I-Q. Download it today on iTunes and by PortlandFoodAndDrink.com. Portland's original restaurant review and news blog presented by Food Dude and by Chew Dining Club. Chew is about connecting passionate chefs with passionate food lovers. The Chew mobile app provides a way for you to access a community of food lovers, chefs, and special events in our unique food community. Download the app today on iTunes or Google Play. of March, Chris. We are about three full months in of the new Right at the Fork. Is, are, is it okay to say the new Right at the Fork? It's, you know, it's we don't want people the, to be discouraged from going back in the archives. Right. But, but I, I like this. I like this. I love having you on the show. Yeah. I, I've heard a lot of good feedback from people about Right at the fork now, so yeah, um, so yeah, I I was right at the fork 2.0, right? That's yeah, the way, I there think we that's go. The best way to do it. Right at the fork 2.0. Same thing. Your hosts, uh, Chris Angelus from Portland Food Adventures. I'm Court Johnson, the sidekick. Well, you're more than the sidekick. <laughs> people can, people know you better than most everybody here as the uh, half of the morning team on Kink. True, true. You and Sheila, you yep. get to spend. Every morning with Sheila. I do. And, it, you know, for somebody, I, I roll in the studio and I'm typically wearing like a hoodie and some jeans I threw on. She looks like she's ready to go to either some important meeting or some night on the town. It's Yin and yang, crazy. man. That's, yeah. that's the way it's supposed to I, be. I suppose. So today's episode, uh, I was really excited. This is the first time I actually got to meet Greg. I've, I've been hearing about Greg. I, I'll be honest with you. I have not been to Ox yet. Well, you will have the opportunity now. Yeah, but, well, now because we, we learned some secrets about when the best times to go are. Exactly. Go. And by the way, we're talking about Greg Denton. Yes, Greg Denton. The owner and chef with his wife, Gabrielle, mm-hmm. at uh, at Ox, one of Portland's, and it's I'm not just saying this, premier restaurants. When, it's one of the places that people want to go when yeah. they're in Portland. And, when, and if you were to go, probably go back and listen to all the podcasts, which you're welcome to do. Uh, you would probably find Ox is probably the number one most recommended, or um, it's right up there. I'm going to say one. Ox and Le Pigeon. Yeah, are probably are the probably two. the yeah. Those are probably the two. Yeah. I, I but I think Ox though takes will probably win. Right. Somebody right. out there's got to do this. Go listen to every single podcast <laughs> for us and <laughs> yeah, let that's us know. A good challenge. Yes, please. But, uh, and share each one of those. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a, a reminder here off the top, uh, Chris, that everybody should. Share this with their friends and also give us a rating if you can. Uh, the rating helps the podcast, so it's a little self-serving for us to ask for that, but please please do it. Give us a rating on iTunes or Stitcher we or wherever you, you can want do that. To. We yeah. hope you, you like it enough to want to. Yeah, but when it comes to sharing, there is a benefit because uh, we've been doing this the past couple of times where if you share the uh, current episode, this episode, and use the hashtag, which is? Share to, the number two, and we'll find share to, to you if right. we have to, but share to win, R-A-T-F. Yeah. Just put that hashtag in Twitter or Instagram. Yeah. Then we're going to hook you up with a gift certificate. This time would be gift from, card. Gift to card. Talks. It'll get yeah. you. It'll get you some clam chowder and a little more. Nice. And uh, and then we also have movie tickets. Yeah. Uh, this week that's opening at Cinema Twenty One. 
City of Gold, starring the famous food critic Jonathan Gold in, uh, in Los Angeles. Uh, it's a documentary, supposed to be great, and uh, so we have a couple of tickets and a night out, a night out at Ox and a night out at the Cinema 21 to see City of Gold. There we go. For the share to win RATF. But, Greg, uh, just to re- I found myself completely engaged in how passionate, and I don't, mean, I don't use that word lightly, mm-hmm. just watching him over here from my perspective, how he was really getting deep into how important certain things were to him right. and how much time and thought he and Gabrielle, and imagine you're a married couple owning a restaurant, how much time you spend talking about that restaurant. Oh, I know. It's they, not like someone goes back and goes home to a spouse that's been right. not involved. Yeah, and you, and, you, and you don't talk about work. I'm sure it's, but, but I also think they have that advantage. They know the hardships of what it's like to, to run a, uh, a successful restaurant and they can both kind of, you know, having that relationship, I think, is beneficial because if you were married to somebody who didn't know what that life is like, it could be rough. And think about some of the great restaurants in Portland. And, I, and, and now that I think about it, I've never really thought about this. We did have a couples week here. Yeah. But think about the great restaurants. Paley's Place, mm-hmm. Country Cat, all of John Gorham, John and Renee Gorham's right. restaurants. Yeah. Uh, I, oh, the Jose and Christina at mm-hmm. Atala and now Chesa. It's it's a couple, and that that energy is what really creates a lot of uh, a lot of success and a lot of real passion. Yep. So they're living and breathing it. You know, I've really I've actually never thought of it in that context that these great restaurants are are largely um, not the work of of one person and staff. It's, yeah, it's often uh, time but, a couple. But Greg's one of the uh, quite a few who uh, come from New England, from Vermont. We got a few chefs from Vermont um, and made his way to Culinary Institute and out to California. He talks about it. You'll hear about it uh, into Napa. And he met his uh, wife, Gabrielle, in the business. And they came back here to open up Lucier, which was a very interesting proposition that did not go very long. And uh, then he really made, they both really made their Portland names at uh, Metrovino before mm-hmm. they opened Ox. And now Ox is. Pretty much known worldwide as one of uh, yeah. one of the best food cities in the country, one of the best restaurants there. So, just a real. And I've known Greg for a little while. Always very genuine and ve- very kind. Always very gracious to me. Both he and Gabrielle. We didn't have Gabrielle here though. Nope. So next time. Yeah, she's. Uh, Greg said that she wasn't really crazy about being in front of uh, behind a mic. Right. Or, but but he and he wasn't crazy about it either. So we're. We're glad that he took the opportunity to to visit with us. Yeah, in fact, at the very end of the of the podcast of, with our interview with him, he will give us a pretty much a one word description of his experience with us. So you have to listen all the way to the end to find out what it is. That's right. Uh, so this is a cool morning. I'm actually, uh, Greg. You got a nice little announcement. How do you find out about being in the what is it now? The finalist or semifinalist? Uh, uh, what round is it? This is the final round. The final round. So you're a finalist. Finalist. Yeah. So how do you find out from JBF? Um, actually, uh, this morning, Gabby was listening to something on her phone, and I was just drinking coffee, and I'm asked, I asked her what she was drink or what she was uh, listening to, and she said the James Beard Awards, and I was like, Is that a podcast? It's it's like a a, a live feed. 
oh. that they do. And I don't know how I wouldn't have remembered it all, but oh, so, uh, so we were really excited because um, the first thing we heard was that Adam Sappington's book got uh, nominated. I so bet. first thing we did is congratulate, send him a text to congratulate him because he's one of the nicest Absolutely. best guys out there. And the book love. is great too, Harlandia. And, yep, and and, and uh, you know it's uh, amazing. Of all the books, and no slight to anybody else, and you've got yours coming out, so I'm looking Mm -hmm. forward to that, but I'm not a great cook. And of all the books, that one, to me, was the most approachable. I could actually make some of those things, you know? Yeah, I think his, I think he, um, I think he has an ability to um, tell people how to cook and show them how to cook and make it easy for them. Um, Plus his food is really... It's really, it's, it's it's not like it's not complicated. It's not super complicated. It's right. just really delicious. So what, congratulations to him. He's, yeah, he deserves Adam everything. and Jackie both. Yeah, great they're, they're both great. As great. a matter of fact, if you're listening, just Google Adam and Jackie Sappington right at the fork and listen to that episode in yep. the archives. Mm-hmm. Always, these things live forever. So, yeah, and they were talking about the book coming out at the time. Mm-hmm. So um, anyway, let's get back to how you found out that you were a finalist. In well, the I was best chef Northwest. We were kind of Gabby was going to work out, and I was driving her to where she works out, and we were kind of getting closer and closer to it. And they finally got to the regional announcements, and then we uh, we were like, I was like, oh my god, are you gonna walk out of the car before, <laughs> like, before we get to the Northwest? Uh, but uh, then the Northwest came up, and our names were the first names read, and we were. Um, did you we make? Were, a, did you shriek at all? Did you make? We, no, you, we, you guys get excited like that. Uh, we, you know, we high fived and gave each other a kiss, and we're really any any random fist pumps or yeah, no, absolutely. Okay. Right. yeah, absolutely no punch in the air, no dabs or anything oh, okay. like that. You know, that's a very strange. <laughs> that would be weird. If for people us don't know what the dabs are, that's where you're. It's the knucks where you're hitting knucks. Oh right? no, it's the the it's dabs the, something different. Dabs, oh, that's. Oh, okay. dabs Cam Newton. Ah, that's right. Yeah, yes, that's yeah. exactly right. I'm lost. I'll pick up. I'll I've, pick this up. I in get. A I get all the, those things a little mixed up because we always called the knucks the daps. We oh. dap. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't have no idea I think where we that just came call from. Those knuckles. You knuckles. Know, the, knuckles. Right. So that's one of the joys because I wanted to talk to you about your relationship with Gabby and how it works in the in the kitchen and at work. And you know, a lot of times people say it'd be difficult to work together and and have a relationship, but I think. From what I see, and I don't see you guys all the time, but it, but your, your life, and you told me this once when you were shucking oysters at, at Waybar, uh, your life is in that restaurant, and you know you don't have time to go to any to deal with any sports or music really, whatever's going on in the kitchen. It's you guys. That's your life, and it must be so joyful. To share what you shared this morning, probably one of the nicest mornings you've ever had. And and finding out that way, I mean, I found out I read one of Garrett Peck's posts on Facebook, which is great for me. I didn't win the award. You know, I found that's how I get my news now. Yeah, but you found out in a in a perfect way, right from the fa- the foundation. Yeah, we we get excited about those things. We like you know um, we try to stay really humble in our approach to things and our interactions with people. But we get really excited when um, we get announced and, and things happen for us. I mean, we're human. It's it's really exciting to be noticed for work that you put a lot of time and passion into. And um, 
so it's it's really it's it's pretty amazing. We get really excited. I mean, it's you know you get the chills. It's I mean, what other what other business allows you to feel this kind of you know, like when you're in, when you're young and in sports, you win. You know, you win a race, you win an achievement. Well, right? nowadays you just get a, a, a trophy for showing up. Right. You get a well. Now you do, but <laughs> but the restaurant business is a competitive business, and for us to have made it to this point from where we started in our lives, I mean, we're talking like for as many restaurants there are out there, as many chefs as there are out there, as many kids that have gone to school, as many kids that wanted to go to school, you know, it just continues to filter down. And so we're at a, you know, we're, we feel very lucky to be in the position that we're in. Well, you guys, if I can draw the analogy, mm-hmm. are playing in the major leagues. So same thing with baseball players. How many kids start out, you can say any sport, but you think about it all the time. That's why those guys are making $27 million because they got, they had to filter through a lot of places. And you guys, I've always felt this way. We're in, we're at this place in this time, Portland, Oregon, 2016. It's not Portland, Oregon, 2002. It's 2016. And there's this, there is this feeling of community. I really feel it. I'm not a, I, I don't own a restaurant. I'm not <laughs> doing it from your end, but you can see it. Uh, for instance, you know, when Jose opened Chesa, <laughs> Just looking around the room, it's like a it's like a it's like a party of the industry. It's an industry party, and you said you try to go to as many openings as possible as a show of faith. Does that happen in any other city in the way that it happens in Portland? I don't know if it it happens the same way. I think I think there's other cities that have that chefs are really tight in. I mean, in um, this last couple of years, we've done a lot of national events and and have gone to a lot of different cities and you know i wouldn't say that they're it's just they're larger so they the the groups that kind of support sorry support each other might be a little bit smaller in a certain respect like the larger city the smaller the the click in a certain respect but um i think portland's just still young enough that we're just all very surprised when nothing's old hat we are surprised when we get attention because of the size of the city and slowly but surely we're not, you know, now it's become kind of a given that, I mean, the fact that there was so many, um, there was so many chefs and restaurants, um, uh, represented in the long list of the James Beard awards. They were, it was pretty amazing. And and And, Seattle didn't have anywhere near the number. Well, but Seattle has, I believe, three out of the five final spots. Oh, okay. I didn't see the final list. Yeah. So it's uh, Justin Woodard and I are the only representatives from Portland, Um, which is, you know, which by the way, I think Justin Woodard um, should win um, because he is by far the, well, I don't want to say by far, but I mean, he's one of the, he's one of the most talented chefs that I've, I've had a chance to work near and see his food. He's, he's at a, uh, and I've said this before, and I think even Karen Brooks wrote at one point in time, but if, if Michelin was to come to Portland, I think there'd be a few one-star restaurants, you know, mm-hmm. I hope Ox would be one, but you never know. But I feel like two stars, a different level. And I feel like definitely food wise, Justin Woodard's doing some really high level food. Wow, um, and I think, and I think, uh, since you're, it sounds like if he wins, you're not, you're going to be okay. No, I'm totally fine. If Justin wins, I'm, you know, it's, 
it, this is as much of it's a great it's great for publicity for the restaurant. The only thing is that the nerves leading up to it will you be will you be loved again? Yeah. You know, will I will 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 people like you still? You know, you have to go through that. Um, but we hope that we continue to run at a consistent high level where we would be invited back. But if you are, it's it's great because you get another round of excitement and and and. Well, plus you'll have a second restaurant too. We'll have a second restaurant. We'll have a book out and right. You're so. gonna hold this. This is an exciting time for you right now. Like this month is very big for you. This week is really big for us. What's what else is happening? What's well, we're opening Cask this Friday. Oh, Cask opens this Friday. Well, yeah. so that would have been by the time this streams. That would have been. It's open. Yes, it's it's open by the time, and and we're very tired. <laughs> <laughs> you could say that anytime. Yeah. Um, and then when Superbite coming down the pike? Uh, we are hesitant to give a final date. I mean, but we're very close to it. But it, it's you know construction and things, you know things take time, and suddenly the mirror is not in the right position, and or the plates didn't show up, or the you know you so. We have to be a little bit more on top, but we think mid-April would be. Um, oh, that's that's when your last one. That's when Ox opened. I think well, maybe we'll do it on the same date. So we like I, you know, you get married on your uh, on your birthday, or you get married on another so day. Then so you, you can, never you never forget. Right. That's smart. I'm, <laughs> I'm going to refrain from asking the obvious question that you know that I want to ask, but uh, you know what date that is, right? Uh, I know I, what date. It I is. think it's. I think it's the. He's <laughs> the twenty-first. And twenty-third. Uh, uh, no, no, seventeenth. Well, if you count our, if you count oh. our event as the opening, okay, because I do. <laughs> okay, all right. So that was the seven. It was supposed to be on the twelfth, and then we had to move it to the seventeenth. Are you sure about that? I'm pretty damn sure. I don't know if you're you sure. You want to have a little wager on a? I'll <laughs> so buy you dinner to... <laughs> at, at Taylor. <laughs> um, no, I think it was the seventeenth. I actually have okay. the menu. And, I know, and, and, it, and it has a date on it, and I've posted it a few times. Yeah, but at any yeah. rate, so <laughs> congratulations on, you didn't plan it that way. No, open. no. We, it's like spring baby, right? Well, you, we thought we were going to be open in March, honestly. Uh, uh, thought we, were, we thought, well, we thought that cask was not going to close, and then we thought um, we'd roll right into uh, Superbite, but so it didn't If it was the 17th or the 23rd, either one, I remember coming in at about 6 o'clock, and, you know, we had people coming at 6.30, I think, or 7. I don't remember when it started. And you said to me, Chris, if you'd seen this place an hour and a half ago, <laughs> you would have been freaked out because it did not look like we were going to have a restaurant tonight. And um, it's one of the uh, special things I've had the opportunity to witness just doing my thing and knowing a few chefs. I watched uh, the day the first brick-and-mortar Lardo opened up. Yeah, those guys they open at eleven o'clock, and there was drilling going on everywhere <laughs> at ten fifty-seven. And then as soon as it was like a, a TV show, as soon as the stage, you know, eleven o'clock hit, everybody moved to places, and the tickets started rolling. And they acted; it was as though the place had been running for years. Same thing. Uh, I don't know. I think uh, Jose um, uh, Chesa said the same thing to me. Like he's like. You should have saw this place like this yesterday. There was like a pile of garbage in the middle of the dining room, like, you know, just construction material. And, and like, I don't know how it came together tonight. But, you know, you as a professional, yeah. you're used to just like, well, you know, we're going to get this done. Whether it looks like, you're, you know, even 
you serve a lot of people every night and there's a lot of pressure, you know, and you have obviously, it's not the same as an opening. You have routines down, but it's an industry that is conducive to high pressure and, and working through it and getting it done and having lots of problems to deal with. And you don't have time. You got to just get it done. We're a deadline based industry, you know, whether, whether it be you have to open at five, that's a deadline. Uh, pick up in three minutes, that's a deadline. Shut it down, get out of here by 12 o'clock, that's a deadline. Uh, when you open, it's a deadline. It's a deadline-based. And you can't just say, hey, we're not doing it today. Never. Never, yeah. never. Uh, honestly, the, you know, like when snow and rain and ice happens here in Portland, which thank, thank God it doesn't happen very often, uh, a lot of restaurants will shut down or they'll think about shutting down and we generally try to stay open because we don't like the idea of some people that are in the neighborhood that may want to be, they may want to try us, like them, us being closed. Well, they need a place to go too. And thank, thank God for that because I, you know, it was a couple years ago, it was before we got Food and Wine Best New Chefs and one of the, we were told by the editor that from Food and Wine that came in to, to check us out the night she came in her final visit to like cinch the, that we were going to get food and wine, best new chefs was the night that was an ice storm and everybody had closed and, um, but, and that we were considering closing cause it was like, it was horrible outside. I, the next day I think we closed because, which is always like, you know, you close the day after which, <laughs> and then it's fine. Right. And you're like, yeah. well, but, uh, but she came in and she had her final meal and she just, she that cinched it for us, and she was like, "It was just amazing." And you didn't know she was coming in. No, so, no, no, so no, it's, it's the it's kind of like you never know. So you you never know. You have to be. And I think that's the thing is that on we, your game every day. We always never know. We never know who's coming in, and so we try to treat every single person like they're a reviewer, a critic, a chef, um, another server. Because we really, really want to, we we appreciate the money that people spend at a restaurant. We understand that it provides livelihood, a livelihood for people, and they don't have to spend it at a restaurant. There's plenty of restaurants to spend it at. So we take it very seriously when someone comes to our restaurant, waits two hours to get in, and then if they have a bad time, it's, it's, it's a, it's a really huge deal for us. So we, we take it extremely seriously. And not only that, the expectations there. for your restaurant are way up there because mm-hmm. a, there's a wait, right? So just by virtue of the fact that there's a wait, yep. but secondly, you know, it's, you get a lot of buzz, ox, ox, ox. So, oh, we're going to ox. Now that doesn't mean that you're, you're not expecting the world because right. you are. Well, I think and, part of the reservation idea, you know, people always say, well, why don't you take reservations? But, you know, we took, I've, t- I've been in places I've taken reservations, and Portland is a walk-in town. People don't make plans ahead very often. And when they do, they make them an hour in advance or two hours or, uh, like, it's, it's like, oh, let's just wait and see. So we kind of <laughs> consider it that, if you were to if we were to take reservations, there'd be some nights that we would be booked out for maybe up to two weeks or a month, and that doesn't sit well with people. That I think that sits less well with people than having to wait. 
Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, and I think nowadays, though, there's a mix. So there's so many events going on, right? Yeah. Every night there's some. There's a pop-up somewhere. There's events. When mm-hmm. I started my thing, there were not events every night. That yeah. was very rare. Yep. Now you can. If you are the planning type, you can make some really nice reservations at Longbon and yeah. you know different May and and make them in advance and hold fast, right? Yeah, but it, but a lot of people don't. A lot of people still don't do that. Though. Right, but they're but th- that's there for those people, and then there's the spur of the moment people too. And and right. I'm surprised you're not more you're not busier at five o'clock because. It's kind of that's the syndrome. Everybody says get there early because that's when you can get in, and you still can get in it or pretty early at at Ox. I think the the big secret that nobody realizes that most of the time at on Fridays at five o'clock, you could easily get a table at Ox at five o'clock because traffic right. is still. Yeah. People are getting out of work. We can edit this part out of the podcast, right? Because we're, yeah. <laughs> we're not. We've now broke, given out the secret. It's, but you've been saying that for some time. I the your Chris? restaurant Toro Bravo, you can get in if, if you go could, if you can in get the it five o'clock hour. If you get there at four forty-five, yeah. with a a four top, five top, you can get in. It's mm. not. It's. I mean, we seat people how they come, right? Like. That's we have once it's yours, it's yours. And that's the that's part of the thank you for for spending your money here. We are not going to rush you out. We are not going to um, we are going to give you everything we have when you get inside and also at the at the way bar, which is, you know, which is a great waiting area um, that provides really good food and and great drink. And we feel like a good atmosphere. Um but there's also, you know, there's Secret Society right around the corner. There's there's uh, Billy Ray's if you want to, you know, dare cross MLK <laughs> at that time of day. It's like Frogger uh, for some people. What's Billy Ray's? Billy Ray's is the dive bar across the street. Oh, I haven't been there. I Billy's? parked across the street and it's it's the red. It's the literally street. right across the street. It's the red. It's the red barn looking. Uh, it's got like neon signs. So. You could you could go there, but that's a cash bar, so you just have to be prepared for that. But mm-hmm. it's you just it's really easy to sit down, and what I say most of the time. There's sometimes during the summer it's harder because there's more people here on vacation and and tourism. Sure. So and it's nice outside, and then we put our patio tables out there where you can wait, and suddenly it becomes uh, people are lining up more like it. 4.15, 4.30 kind of thing. So, but during the winter months, seriously, like, and then Mondays, like last night we had a good night, but you could have easily gotten a table uh, Tuesday, most of the time, Wednesday. and But then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, it's like Saturday, you're, you're coming in Saturday at 6.30. Yeah. You're probably looking potentially at a three hour wait because the first turns filled up and then the second turns almost filled up and we basically have to put you on the third turn right. by then. And how late do you, do you serve until 10? We serve until 11 on the weekends oh. and, and serve till 10 on the weekdays. And we're it's really, really important for us to um, like be open until that. We do not shut down early, mm-hmm. ever. Uh, we And if you've given us the time, if you've said, if you've come in and you're like, it's a two-hour wait and it's... 8.30 and we know that we're going to run into if there's enough people on the list and that 
and that you're going to be seated after we close, we're you're getting the same experience as if you came in at seven o'clock. Mm. No one's rushing you out. No one's shutting it down. No one's flipping tables or flipping chairs on tables. You are you are we we spend a lot of time and we've had a lot of talk talking points about this with our staff is that we don't, don't even make we, people feel rushed. well we don't even allow people we don't even allow people to uh, say goodbye to people like co-workers if some people are cut at that time with their backpacks or jackets on no county money in the dining room no talking no leaning it needs to be the same exact experience the way you just described that i think everybody's been in a restaurant where that's happening and you described all those things people are saying goodbye they're counting money they're flipping me it's the flipping the table like you look over there putting a table away for the night and you're just like it should be after closing time you would you would think but but you're saying if someone sits down at 10 50 to eat oh if they sit down if they're at a friday night and they sit down at if they walk in at 11 o'clock and like we might say hey just, <laughs> we, love we, we love you and is there a way may, we might say could you maybe put your order in a little you know quickly we are shutting down but if you put your name on the list and we can't get you sat till 11 15 right we are not there's no you can take your time you right. could you can if you've given us your time commitment we're going to give you our time commitment. Wow, I, that is awesome. We yeah. were last night. I was at Taylor Railworks, and um, we kind of, I guess, quote unquote, looked like we were shutting it down and mm-hmm. and um, and having a discussion. Should we get out of here? And then two people came in, just like you're talking about, when we thought we had to get out of there, and sat down and ordered. And I said, okay, well, we don't. And then no one made us feel rushed. It was just we saw that there was nobody around, and it was like ten o'clock. Well, I think a lot of. A lot of bad reviews. I think there's been a few in the news nationally lately. Um, one was a, a restaurant in LA. Um, I forget the name of it. A uh, OTM or OPM or something. It's uh, it's a French Laundry um, uh, chef, a, a, a protege of Thomas Keller, and then of course Per Se's um, review. When I read those reviews, right away, all I think about is service, like. They started with bad service, and once you get, once you start to dislike your employee, or I'm sorry, dislike your server, or your your hostess, or however your first contact is, once that starts to happen, it is so hard to recover as a restaurant because it just goes downhill. The food tastes worst, worse. Uh, the 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 water is not cold enough, or uh, the the soup's not hot enough. The suddenly everything is more acute because if you feel offended or if you felt like you're not getting a fair, you know, like you, if you're not getting good service, people and and at different levels, like there was in like the per se review, a, a great example of that was he asked the the one of the bussers or servers to if he could smell the truffle or if he could see the truffle and the server just kind of like kind of let him look at it for two seconds and yeah, walked yeah. away on a th- on a four hundred dollar or no it's more than that it's like we're talking about we're talking about expectations right right so the expectation of going to per se is that you're gonna like lose bodily function at the end of the meal because you're just so happy and you know it's like you're just extremely it's amazing well, I don't think we're at that level at all, but 
there's an expectation when you come to Ox. There's an expectation when you come to Superbite because of Gabby and myself. And so we are we hold us we hold each other to extremely high levels. When we walk in, when we go to believe me, our our restaurant staff knows when we come in to sit down, we are watching everything. We are listening for everything. We're trying to we're looking at customers and seeing what their faces look like. We're we're like don't relax around us. That's the worst thing to do. <laughs> like it's on the other hand, you don't relax when you're not there because exactly. don't just perform because you're there. No, but but what it does is that it, we we just communicate to our staff our experience and we make sure we share those things and if something happens, we share it and, and we try to make sure they understand that this is the expectation. This is people come in and they, one of our old managers used to say, you know, a lot of the times because people wait so long, you start with one foot in a bucket when you start to serve at Ox because they already hate you in a certain respect. If the, they just, and it's crazy. There's, we get angry people and we call them hangry, right? Hungry and angry at the mm -hmm. same time. But we, we try to blow them away with customer service and kindness as soon as they walk in the door. And then we get some food in them with the, with the amuse-bouche soup that we, we give them. As soon as we give them that little hot, little delicious soup, they, it's, it's like a switch just happens. And most of the time, people walk out saying, we totally understand and that's Why? a smart thing to do. Not too, not many restaurants do an amuse like yeah. that, and it sets the tone. It does. I didn't order this. Oh, good. This it's is, a gift from the it, chef. Yeah, it's a gift from the chef, yeah. and um, really smart thing to do. So, what are you going to be doing? You will do that at Superbite, I imagine. Uh, well, Superbite's actually a little based on the amuse bouche concept, like a, what that. Does. Oh, what a perfect segue! Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it it it's Superbite is. Uh, of course, the easy answer is it's a new American no small plates, means. small plates restaurant. Okay, but okay, that, the, but, but yeah. that's that's, the, that's if, if, that, if that's the box bright. you want to put us in. There you go. That's the box you can put us in. But what's the bow we tie on it? What's, what's the, the bow? <laughs> yeah, what, what? Well, we what, we really like what amuse bushes and small things do. So there's going to be a certain section of the menu dedicated to that, that we want people um, to experience those things. And it gives us a lot of creativity as chefs to do these highly flavored, um, fun combinations that get people excited. Um, there's been studies done where people have give, been given food, the best, you know, their, their favorite foods. And when they have the first bite of their favorite food, it's like a, a 10 stars going off in their head. They have the second bite of it. It's like nine stars, still just the best thing they've ever had. By third and fourth bite, we're talking about like two, three stars, maybe no stars. People, those first couple bites are really, really exciting to people. And we want to keep people in that for a small amount of time. We also have this really meat-heavy, big-plate restaurant called Ox. And when people come there that are staying at hotels, they order sometimes too much food. And there's a certain amount of waste that happens. And we see it. You know, there's 
you know, every kitchen, every plate that comes back that's not eaten fully is asked, what was wrong with that? What was wrong with that? And they say, nothing, chef. They're full. They're staying at a hotel. They can't take it. So it goes in the garbage. And we're, you know, as chefs, we have to be conscious of those types of issues. So we like the idea of starting people and getting them some food and some saturation before they get, they get into the the other part of the menu, which is then, you know, creative small plates, appetizer size portions, small entree size portion things. And then w- w- what we would love people to do is then we'll have a section called platters where we'll have larger shareable items. Think whole fish, um, you know, I don't know, uh, porchetta, um, 45 ounce ribeye or something like that meant to be shared with you know, two to forty-five ounces. I might, yeah. might want to try that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we just looked at you in court and said, yeah. "We haven't gone out to dinner oh, together." We only just, forty-five yeah. ounces. I should have. I, I should have gone. I should have even gone bigger. A hundred and ninety-seven <laughs> ounces. Oh, there we go. Now I, we're talking. I have to say, and I, I've got to remember this story, but this is just great. I got to, as long yeah, as you're course. talking about this. Yeah. When you the, well, I think it was the first time I came back to Ox after we'd done our thing, and I was sitting at the, at the counter there, and. Um, I asked you what to order, I think, and and so I had some shrimp, and they were del- just delicious. And then I guess you said, "Have the pork chop." So yeah. I said, "Okay, I'll have the pork chop with you." And so uh, I kept looking in the back of the grill. There was this giant piece of <laughs> meat, and I was like, I kept asking Greg, "What is that?" And he's like, "Just you know, just dude." And uh, push came to shove, and that's what it did to the right on right in front of me. You served me how that was like, like a, thirty-eight inch or thirty-eight ounce. Um, uh, that was when we were so. <laughs> that was when we were in the beginning. We were cutting our own pork chops, and I think some people weren't as good as some other people. They're supposed to be sixteen, but I think this one was like closer, like a twenty-four <laughs> ounce or something like that. I think it was, you told and me we it was had, in the thirties. It, it, it maybe it, it, we we had some fun people back then. So <laughs> there. <laughs> But but it was a giant. It was giant, and I knew that some yeah, you would appreciate something like that. It, well, yeah. Plus, you wanted to check my cardiology. But yeah. yeah I, I it was so big. It was sideways. Like, right. You know, most pork chops are served. You know, so the ribs on the side. Yeah. Or the bones on the side. It was. It was. Uh, it was vertical. Yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> and I took half of it. I'm pl- pleased right. to announce. Well, that we always tell people if you do take food to go, which we really, you know, we want people to. But especially with oxes, add an egg to it, and you'll be fine the next day. Well, then so. you end up with Tasty and Sons. So yeah. That, that was well. that concept, <laughs> <laughs> I guess. Uh. Um, well, that sounds that sounds. Uh, and you bring the same service, and you're in a you're in a new neighborhood, right? Well, you, you broke some ground opening. Where you where Ox is that was that yes. was a little risky business for you. Well, I mean, was it that risky? We had Toro Bravo right around the corner that paved well, the way. Well, that's true. And then um, Ned Ludd up the street. And Ned Ludd. And he's, well, he's, which but once again, I Ned Ludd was doing their own thing. Don't forget, Ned Ludd's like a mile and a half or like is a, it a mile, mile and away. And a half away. It's about a mile away. Wow, it's not. Feel like it's that. not like super close. I got to drive slower. See, the thing is, I'm an East Coast driver. Yeah, so it doesn't take me that long to get. And it doesn't feel like a right. minute. But but I think like but yes Ned Ludd definitely paved the way uh, Toro Bravo uh, absolutely I mean we looked at them and and it looks like I'm just following John Gorham around doesn't it uh, Yeah, <laughs> yeah well like, but now you know right what? across you the can't o- you can't open a restaurant for Portland and not say that now Oh yes yes he is a- he doesn't have any, but he doesn't have anything really on the east side yet 
Uh, I don't know. I'm, I mean, I'm far. Sure. I, I mean, exactly. far, anyway, so. I don't know his all his locations. Just, yeah, but he, um, but it. So, but we thought we've always liked that location. I mean, when it was Echo Restaurant Bar, it was really, um, it was you knew it as the place. As soon as you saw Echo, you know the next left is Toro Bravo. You know, so Russell, which mm-hmm. you know, but we're glad that. It's uh, that the location has turned out to be so good. And we think um, the food, the look, the feel of it, um, and the fact that we have a parking lot doesn't hurt at all either because parking is definitely a conscious thought. I people. love that, that you can just and – and by the way, if you can't get a spot in the parking lot, which most of the time I've been able to – it's easy on the street. It's not, you know, you're a block away at the most. Yeah, it's not yeah. Tough. No, you know, it's it's it's, it's it's not super tough. Yeah. But but we do have uh, quite a few spots, and then people get very creative. And where they're finding <laughs> the new ones. They're finding the new spots, <laughs> and we don't, you know, we don't manage it too harshly. Uh, just as long as it does, it's not blocking people in, and uh, so. So do you think Superbite will? Um, you think you're, there's. You know, everybody's always talking about how much room there is for more restaurants. And, of course, you and Gabony are opening a restaurant. That's that's a great thing, and you're going to – it's not going to – of course, it's not going to struggle. But do you think you'll no. cannibalize a little – Yeah, I know, you're not just assuming. But will it – you think you'll lose – like Ox might open up a little bit, and some of your people might go to Superbite, or you just think it's a different neighborhood? And- no, I think people are very regional. I think um, – I think – there's people that like to go downtown for food, and I think there's people that like to not go downtown for food, um, especially on the weekends. Um, I think we're going to see a different clientele down there than we do at 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 Ox. Um, uh, I think, I mean, it's you know one of the reasons why we didn't open up Ox to Electric Boogaloo, you know, and try to save the mansion downtown. It, it's because we um, we didn't. You know, we don't want to um, dilute that quality and dilute ox. We want to make sure that the next something next is going to be something new and interesting. So, how are you going to? How do you um, not dilute your energy mm-hmm. between two restaurants now? I mean, a lot of folks have two restaurants. Well, we're going to be working at Ox still. I mean, it's so Superbite. Um, part of the other concept and part of the other, which is actually besides the food is actually the more exciting part is that we're really trying to, we're trying to solve some problems um, that restaurants are facing now. One of those problems is uh, getting cooks to, to take more responsibility in the kitchen. And the way to do that, we think, is first of all, um, we have to pay them more. And on the ownership aspect, we have to make sure we pay them for their work completely. Um, so not just 40 hours, but we're looking for people that are going to work, you know, 50, 55 hours, something like that. And we're obviously paying overtime for that. So that kind of helps balance that aspect up. But we want them to what – hap- what, what feedback I get from some cooks is that we feel like we're a heat and serve. A, a PM line cook is kind of like a heat and serve kind of position for some people because they walk in, the foie gras torsion is already made, the lamb braise is already done, the tripe is already cooked. So they're basically gathering it and heating it up and finishing the product. 
which is very efficient, but for the knowledge that somebody is trying to gain, um, we want to make sure that we're providing that for people that want that. So when you, we want to take, we want to, we, not that we want it to be Superbyte. We don't want Superbyte to be completely, um, you know, run by our, run by our, our staff, but we want it, we want them to be, um, we want them to have a lot more input than we do say at Ox. Cause Ox, you know, Ox people come in for the, the chowder, the tripe, the, you know, tongue, the, the, the meat, the, and then the veggies. And there's a lot of creativity in the veggie aspect of it. And we do, you know, there is some dishes from some of the cooks, but it's, it's more, much more structured. This one, we want them to have more feedback. So we want them to be inspired by something. We want them to learn how to order it. We want them to receive the product. We want them to prep the product. Um, we want them to cook the product and we're also going to have them serve the project product. So we're going to have a larger amount of people in the kitchen and we're going to have teams so that there's going to be a chance for everybody to run some of the food that they've prepared. And we have that suddenly now we have that contact with customers. Right. And I feel like that's one thing that, and you're seeing this and this is, you're we seeing talked this about and, it recently with Scott. Yeah. Our kitchen, yeah, the yep. one house concept. Yep. So, so I think a lot of people are, you know, suddenly there's these hybrid, like cook servers, right? We get them out, and they get a chance to interact with customers, which is really important in the scheme of being a successful restaurateur or a successful chef, because the the chef that hides behind the curtain or in the corner isn't isn't as popular or it's, it doesn't make as much sense. People, they see shows, they like chefs. They want to, well, they, they want to hang. You guys are, are, are rock stars or sports stars. I always view it that way. We have one, a couple of sports teams here. That's really uncomfortable for a lot of chefs to think about, but, but it's, it, I, I know that some people do like, I do, I know that some people really like that, but a lot of times chefs are a little introverted because there's, they have, a lot of them have an artistic side to them. Um, and they're not comfortable, but you have to start being comfortable. So giving them some exposure to that is going to, for me, do a couple things. One, it's going to help them in the future with just being a better restaurant person in general. Two, they're going to start to learn service and what good service is and what things they need to look out for. So there's an educational aspect to it. Mm -hmm. But then also the final, and this is a little hokey, but as chefs, the reason why I cook is because watching somebody's eyes roll in the back of their head or they mouth, oh my God, this is so good. To see that is what drives you. It's not money, it's not fame, it's that. That is what motivates me to be a better chef every day. That satisfied look on someone's face when they eat something. And I would bet it's even more satisfying when it's someone in the industry. Yeah. Too. So. Well, we yeah, I mean it's definitely but they're 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 stone faced sometimes, you know, you know, you know <laughs> everyone's at a while. But it's really just the aver that that person that just you know, and then to have that contact again and they not that we're looking for people to give feedback, but yeah, I mean, it'd be good for them to hear a little bit of feedback from people, you know, or at least start to have a little bit of a dialogue. So 
as you're saying this, and I may be wrong, you, you may, you, I, I know you well enough to know that you may cringe and say, no, 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 Chris, that's not <laughs> what I meant. But it sounds like it's going to be um, the Greg and Gabby Culinary Institute <laughs> over there at Superbite. Well, so it's going to be, you're going to rely on their talents. I'm going to, I, we're going to rely on their talents more and we are going to, we feel it's our responsibility to educate people the way that we feel how our restaurant's successful. And that's what it is. Why do you come to work at my restaurant? You want to learn how we were successful because that's what it is. So why don't you, why don't we give them more and give them the whole, you know, um, the whole perspective you know, of what we do. Because you don't, they don't know what they're going to do uh, in the future, whether they're going to, you didn't know at one point right. that you were going to open restaurants, right? But the, but the more people you bring in, like a, a good example, um, you know, uh, I hired Doug Adams um, at Lucier. His resume was not of, he was in culinary school. His resume was not great. I mean, it was, like in Mont, he did work at some places in Montana, and at Lucier when we hired people, it was like you weren't really recruiting it was, in Montana. It was Idaho. like the best of the best. You know that was the attitude was like right. the best of the best. And me coming to Portland and not knowing, I thought this was just like this big city. I was just like coming from Maui, Hawaii. It was like I was like, yeah, okay, this is like the best of the best. We're not getting anything else. But there was something, and at the time. You know, we there might have been better people, but you look at it and you see passion in people, and you have to, and you have to go with that gut. And when we gave him the job, I remember watching him walk away, and he totally, <laughs> he totally did the uh, uh, jump up in the air and like. Put the fist in the air, like and like, <laughs> like he just like, bought, like he, like just, he had just bought a Toyota, in like the he, like like he just won yeah. something, and <laughs> oh, I, after you gave him the job, after we gave him the job, okay. just walking away, he didn't know that By I was the way, watching. Just so we don't go. This is Doug Adams, now the executive chef at Imperial. Yes, so, and, and this is a long time ago, and 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 he was, ex, you know, he was a hard worker, and he was passionate. He wanted to learn more, and then he, we, you know, we, he came and worked for me at Metrovino, and. Uh, he wanted to learn more. So I was like, come on in and I'll show you. I have no secrets. You know, I, if, if somebody wants to learn from us, we're going to teach them. But there's, you know, there's some people that are just, you know, there, there's some people that are really interested and some people aren't. And you can't just hire people that are all going to be this, the passionate one. You, right. you have to have the people that are going to help you get the job done in a certain range. So, but he's a great example of, of, and then of course, then he went to work with, you know, even a better chef, Vitaly Paley, you know, and then really just defined who he is today. Well, that's so, right. You're a humble guy. Um, so, but, and Vitaly's, you know, he's great. He said the same thing. He said, Doug, and I talked to him about Doug, he was a sponge. sponge. And, and he said, that's what I, what I found appealing. Yeah. Him. Yeah, I know. He's, he's great. And, and so I see, I see great a fu- great future for him, and and so adding to the to the pool, right? We, this is what the this is what our responsibility as chefs are is to add talent to the pool, so that when uh, someone from uh, from here goes to 
Chicago or New York to work, they need to be able to hang in some of the toughest restaurants. So that is our job is to give people that really want that the opportunity to understand what Why do that you feel will that that's your job? Other than the fact that in doing so, it benefits the restaurant, right? And it benefits them. But why is that? Well, it, I guess it's not my a job, but I feel like it's it is my job. It's I part mean, of the it's industry. Part of the it's industry. like an industry understanding. It's an industry understanding. If you're a chef that doesn't teach people and doesn't give information to people, or doesn't, or 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 you don't try to improve people's lives. Um, I guess that's that would just come under the, the definition you, of a chef. Well, we, a definition right? of hospitality. Right, but versus a cook. So when yeah. you get to chef, that's you are now well, a as a as a chef. What like the biggest feather in my cap when I when I hear things, and now we're starting to see some of this. We have you know we have a lot of people. We have people in this town that have worked for us that are sous chefs and executive chefs, and the biggest you know compliment to a chef is you hear someone that used to work for you. And they're doing well. And then every once in a while, they say, you were part of the reason why they're successful. And why wouldn't you want that? You like That's 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 like the biggest compliment in the world. And once again, that goes to seeing passion from people about what you do. And that they're like the end result. The end result of someone eating your food is the eyes rolling in the back of their head or, or, or moaning or whatever. The end result of hiring and training and working with people is seeing people successful and and them you know living a you know finding you know because some of the training you gave them they're now successful i mean there's no better compliment and who did that for you who was the key who who was the one who set you well i think i mean my father i worked for my father uh when i was younger I, i've been in the kitchen since i was about nine years old and i've I worked for my father and, um, you know, he was a very fair man, but he was very tough on me in the kitchens in the sense of not, I, I wasn't his son. I was his employee at the time, you know? And so I saw fairness very early in my life. And then I had a great, I had a great culinary school instructor, um, in, uh, in high school. And then I would say the next one, you know, uh, I worked for a great French chef in uh, in Ohio, Richard Blondin, at the Refectory Restaurant, and talk about a place where you're like, no one knows what that. This guy's a he was a Boku sous chef. He was he worked for Pierre Orsi. I mean, that's where I feel like I got my chops, you know. And then I and then you know I I went to Napa Valley and I worked, you know, I was at Bouchon when it first opened, and but. But where I really feel like I learned was Hirosone and Listomania of Terra. And that's, you know, he's, I worked there for four years and that's where I met Gabby. And, uh, and that was really amazing. So just this, you're, uh, I'm really enjoying how deep you're going. Yeah. What was your first, what, what, what's your recollection of your first moment that you saw Gabby and that you guys started, you engaged? Oh, I mean, it was the first time that I met her at in pantry. Yeah, what was the moment? Describe the moment. Uh, I walked in. I was brand new. I had my stuff, and she wasn't cold, but she was very professional. And and then we started working together. And then I think I might have cracked a joke, and she laughed, and I just fell in love with her laugh. 
right away. Right away. Right away. Within within a minute. Within ten minutes of knowing her. Wow. Pretty much fell in love. And you her. and you and do you know if she felt the same way? I don't think she did. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? It was probably. It doesn't the, matter at this point. Hopefully, it was the first time I made something delicious, delicious for her to eat. Wow. Well, she. I hope she had something delicious before that, but delicious. In well, that she way. was. She was coming out of when I. I was already. I had already been a sous chef at a four-star, four mobile star restaurant in in, in um, uh, Vermont when I came into it. So I, at 21, which was young. But I was I, I already had some chops. She was coming out of college or out of um, culinary school when we met at Terra. So I was always a little bit. So she kind of followed me, and she she kind of viewed me for a while as um, um, as someone to learn from. So I and I, you know, and I think that's another. You know, I I, you know, that was the other reason why I fell in love with her. Right? Was that she really cared about this business and she really wanted to be good at it and there was you know she's she wants to be the best in her own very humble subtle way cool you guys you both make it i think a wonderful couple oh, thank you. See you together it's just thank you it's just warm so how do we segue we have two things going on here we now have uh our friends your your friends the chef's table kurt Yes. They, uh, and it's, by the way, it's not only going to be a chef's table app or uh, club. Chew is uh, supporting this podcast now. Mm-hmm. So uh, chef's table does some great things for you. And one of them now that we were talking earlier about Chew and how you want to integrate that into your restaurants and do it the proper way. Because Chew is really all about um, the experience and having the great stable of chefs that chef's table has touch the audience, uh, their audience a little bit more and get, and provide customer service, know a little bit more about them, provide uh, a forum for them to chat about food at those restaurants, and it'll branch out beyond chef's table. But um, So what do you see Chew doing for Superbite and or Ox? Uh, we're not sure what Chew is going to do right now. We're not participating in it at this point in time, but um, we feel like in the future, and what Kurt is saying that it will become will be um, somehow when those slow nights at Ox happen, uh, which you know between January and and March, uh, there's Mondays, Tuesdays where I wish I could you know go on on top of a mountain and scream, there's tables available. Well, that's what social media is for. And, and this well, is an but, app that but, can push it but out. Only, yeah, but only, but only so many people will get that and then they have to figure it out. Right. Where this, what we hope is that we can somehow, basically like a pop-up reservation. Mm-hmm. So when we have tables available on those nights when we release them, they will be able to be reserved for a certain amount of time. And... So, so therefore, it, you get a reservation. It benefits you, benef- but more importantly, it benefits everybody who wants to get into Ox. Yeah. So, Which that's the, you know. That's or now, again, after hearing this on the podcast, people are going to know. When it's ty- when you want to go to Ox, it's between January and, and March on, <laughs> on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays. Well, it's also. Well, just that's just ch- a slow here's time what I, of year. Here's sure. what I suggest, because Kurt's a vision guy, and 
he obviously wouldn't have gone down the road with Chu had he not had vision. And he has all sorts of different ideas around it. Some of them are right ma- automatically. You got a lardo and you can get some something fries and. But the other thing that he has in mind, which I think is fantastic, and I don't think it's being implemented yet, but is a, is a remote wait list situation, which I think are, is great. Or to tell people all the restaurants where, you know, now you can get in. We just have, it's, we always have to be careful with the reservations because it's a slippery slope, right? Mm-hmm. Suddenly it becomes a whole nother dimension. I mean, it becomes a full-time job, really. So, but it, I think there's a way that there we can inter, we can balance both of those. Yeah. Well, and, and. You have the wherewithal to do it. So that's available on iTunes and Google Play mm-hmm. now. So I uh, suggest everybody try that. And thanks to the folks at, I guess, Chef's Table slash Chew and you <laughs> for uh, for supporting the podcast. Um, so Cookbook. 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 Yeah. What's it called? Around the Fire. Around the Fire. Yep. I knew that. I just forgot. I'd read it, but yeah. <laughs> I have poor attention. Yeah. But when it's out, I'll certainly know. I'm sure everybody will be uh, on it and getting it out there and pushing it out. So we'll we'll know about it. So the first question is, and I hope it's an affirmative answer. Mm-hmm. Um, the halibut on the bone. We're gonna yes. We're gonna have oh, the, the recipe all the, for that. All the greats are gonna be in there. The tongue, the tripe, the chowder, the, the chowder. You're the, leaving ooh. up the chowder. Yeah, absolutely. It's not a it's not a secret. If well, it, means, it is. It's like the oh, I don't. I just got asked. Uh, 18, Julie from 1859 Magazine asked me for all my favorite chowders on the coast because I'm out there. And I said, you know, you got to just say ox. It's not on the coast, but it's worth the drive from the coast <laughs> right. to come and have the chowder. Yeah, no, it's all there. Skirt steak. And, you know, we wanted it to be a book that people read and used. And we, we spent a lot of time testing it and having people test it that either were kind of cooks or not cooks or used to be cooks and, you know, different types of experiences they had and we reviewed all those and we tried to make the best decisions on on the recipes and we think we did a I think we did a pretty good job in that so um there's no secrets that it's you're going to get some See, it's not that's not unlike going to like your favorite band's concert and then not playing the one song that made them famous and yeah and everybody wants people, to hear free bird right, right everybody wants to yeah but this is a recipe so it's like a lot of people want to keep the at least I, one I, yeah. close to the vest sure but, uh, i have, guess if they eat we it we have at more home, recipes under our thing, vest it's, it's not going to be yes you do but <laughs> it's not going to be as good at home as it is i don't know i well, mean some it, people are I, good. Have, I have to tell you like the people that tested it it was delicious well, here's the thing, but they're not going to get the service at Ox. I'm just going to oh. keep, uh, <laughs> right, right. keep going. On. They're going to get the experience. Uh, to me, I you know. know, a lot of dining for me is the experience, and that's where service and atmosphere yeah. come into play. It's not all about the food. Oh, it's, I, I think no. food is like a, I don't know what percentage, what to assign. It's got to be good, but to me, it's the company that you're with and the, you know, last time I was in, not last time, but a couple of times ago I brought six of my Portland Food Adventures folks and a couple of friends to your restaurant, and they're still telling me how kind and nice <laughs> you were and how you came over. That is, and you can't do that all the time. You can't be there every night. No. But somebody somebody provides that feeling that you don't get at home. So, um, I think you know the, I think you know how important it is to Gabby and I to be friendly. And so if you work for us, you have to be friendly. If you are not a friendly person, you are not going to work for us because I will not be very friendly to you very quickly. Okay, so that's a good question that I wanted to ask you, and I don't know the answer to this because uh, we had Aaron 
Barnett yeah. here early, and he talked about he's a real dick. That one, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, he talked about how he could be a real dick. So, <laughs> so would your you've you've been in a lot of kitchens. Uh, would there be a number of people out there who think you know Greg's a wonderful guy to his customers and outside, but he's been he he can be a dick in the kitchen. Uh, there's definitely some people that would think that. Um, which I am sometimes the I am it's just it's you know I'm I I give people a certain amount of chances and then at chance six or you know mistake six or seven then I start they get they get five strikes well they get at least seven strikes oh okay. in my head you know because it's hard it's hard there's a certain expectation and then I'm we're gentle and then we're kind of nurturing and then we're kind of instructive and then we're kind of then we're kind of like um, kind of asking the question, why aren't you getting it right now? Is there something that we're doing? Because we're always we're always self-effacing. We're always looking in the mirror and asking what we can do better. Um, how are we not instructing this person well? But some people just um, just don't get it, and you have to figure out. Okay, well now they don't they don't understand this route, so now it suddenly becomes more of a why aren't you getting it? And then it gets a little bit more intense, and then then sometimes people leave. Hmm. Well, it's got to get intense because you're under pressure. It's not like you can stop the whole thing and say, we'll get it right tomorrow. You know, someone in business can do a presentation and keep, they have deadlines, of course, but but you're, in, you're everything's, you got how many people out in the on the floor, how many people in the restaurant, and you got to just, you don't have time for mistakes at a restaurant like your, or any restaurant. Well, I have to tell you that I've definitely gotten a lot, I've gotten a lot, more understanding I've been I've become more understanding and more um, I would say more even more kind and patient as I've become an owner of a restaurant rather than when I was uh, a chef of a restaurant where I had a someone above me um, and I don't know what it is it might be because I worked for my father when I was younger but um, the restaurant business is extremely personal to me and I am always trying to make people above me happier like my father, basically. So, you know, it's called calling Dr. Freud. You know, it's like I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to, so that puts a lot of pressure under, on me to be the best or to push people. And when I had someone above me, I really would, I would really, really would ride it. I mean, a great example would be Doug Adams. You know, he, you could have a conversation with him and he knows that I have, you know, as much as I love that kid, I've also have completely destroyed him. I'm sure he's been, you're not the only one. But you also look at where he is now, and I don't know how much of his drive is potentially based in, in some of those incidents where he never wants to go through something like that again. I know for me, when I was younger and I was getting yelled at by certain people, it was like, I never want this to happen again. So therefore, I just didn't let it happen. I always pushed myself to be the best so no one would ever yell at me. Well, and the other part to the equation is you're getting older. So I, yeah. I think, you know, I just uh, read something Ethan Stoll was talking about up in Seattle, and he's got, what, 15, I don't know how many restaurants oh, now. Yeah. But and he, have you seen him? He's dropped a shitload of weight. He's just like a stick now. Um, and he said, part of it is I just learned to relax. I'm doing some other things. And I think as you get older, and he's not an old guy, and you're not an old guy, but as you you now have three years of, four? Three or, you're going four. on four. Going on four. Four. At your own restaurant. Mm -hmm. and. Things change, you know, so, yeah. uh, and so you're, 
you're maturing and mellowing and and uh, a little and, bit, but it's it's you have to to be successful. You have to surround yourself with good people. And if you're someone who's going to yell and be unreasonable, and that's that's the one thing I want to define. I'm not. I can be a dick. I am not unreasonable. Can't we all? I yeah, we all can. We all we all can. <laughs> can you be? What would your kid, what would your kids say? Depends on the day. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Depends on the day, or if you know I'm dieting at the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or you or yeah, food isn't on the table. Or if I haven't got that afternoon nap. Yeah. Or and this is a guy who gets up at three in the morning mm. to come in and do this gig. That's so uh, not this gig, but that other gig. The, the other gig. So that's rough. Yeah, that's. But I that's think rough. it's it's really important that people. Um, when you, you have to surround yourself with good people and, and you have to treat them nicely. You have to make sure you give them good direction and communication and you have to appreciate them. And so we try to do those things. Couple of quick questions because mm-hmm. we don't have much time. Of course. I just want you to, you're talking about some, the important people in your kitchen. You want to give a shout out to anybody, not at the exclusion of anybody else. Cause you can't, you can't. List everybody at Ox, and that's going to be a yeah. super bite. Anybody that is in your kitchen that we're going to hear from, that you know we're going to hear from uh, in three or four years. Well, my chef de cuisine, Corey Rahm, is moving over to Superbite with us. Mm-hmm. Um, he's amazing. Um, he's like, I don't know how old he is. I think he's like 12. Um, but he's he is going to be, he's, he's just got tons of passion, tons of talent. Uh, our... Sous chef who's going to be moving into the chef de cuisine role at Ox, Kyle Berg, uh, Burgess. Um, he is already starting to put things on the menu. He's a he's become somebody who has learned from us, knows what our tastes are, and then applies it to his own creations. And that's really really important for us because it it shows us that wow you are being really creative this is cool things but it's also in our own style so therefore someone's not like you get, yeah, oh, you i'm understand. not getting it. Yeah. it needs to match um and then you know travis lowry and and uh, uh jeffrey newman both are been with us for a long time we don't lose staff very how about much. the front of the house because you got great service there so. we have uh well our general manager donnie weiner is or daniel weiner um he is, he is, by far our best, our our best manager we've had, and we he's going to be kind of doing a dual GM role for. Um, he's going to start to roll into kind of more of an operations manager of both Superbite and uh, Ox, and he sets the bar really high. And then we have a bunch of new, uh, new um, managers that that's. I mean, they're all great. We have really great talent. We have saw you know. Uh, Psalms and or what is it? Uh, not a psalm degree, but a certification. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Michael Mina group, you know, veterans, things like that. We're like we're we're trying to really hire. We're really trying to hire good. Well, you want to keep people, upping the game, right? Upping you the game. Keep, you got to keep upping it right. in this day and age because yeah. someone else is right. So speaking of someone else. Quickly, yes. list of three or four places that you, if someone comes in from out of town, your best friends, and after they go to Ox, where do you expect? Where do you suggest? Well, they go? I think the pizza explosion here in Portland mm-hmm. uh, is amazing. I think you've said something about there's no good pizza here in Portland like a while well, I've ago. Never said that. Like a while ago. I'm only talking about white clam pizza. Oh, is that's that? All. Oh, that's, that's it. Oh, 
but but I, I well, actually, but there there's been few. But suddenly, I went to Lovely's Fifty Fifty the other night. That's a great pizza. Lovely Fifty Fifty is on my list, okay. and a Pizza Shoals is on my list. Both we we just love their pizza. Uh, a new place that I've been really loving lately is uh, Swiss Hibiscus, uh, which is uh, near Alberta. It's like right across. Oh, just. Back, it's kind of back. I've seen that, and I'm really curious about that. It's got, I ended it's up got going to, the best escargot and mushrooms and the schnitzel sandwich. Well, oh you'll, man, you'll I, get you'll blow. It, it's amazing. I'm so glad you said that because I've seen it and I've been curious. And then I go it's, to bamboo. Uh, it's like, I it's, probably should, it's okay, great. Cool. It's great. Um, and then we like, um, you know, a taula is great. We went the other night, and then where'd uh, you think of Chaser? Uh, Chase was fantastic, but we, you know, it's their first night. We, we, you know, yeah, yeah. there's, I, I make no judgment on them. It was fantastic. Um, and then we've been really, oh, Senyai, I think, doesn't get enough credit for being as good as it is. It's so. interesting. You're mentioning all the places Sen- I just went last week for Sen-Yai, the first time since they opened. Senyai is fantastic. It is. Um, but we used to love, I think Kurt said that that basically Senyai is um, Ping. We, Ping was like one of our favorite restaurants. Um, and then MEC, uh, Mediterranean Ex- Exploration Company, we have gone a few times uh, recently and flawless, flawless food, seasoned perfectly, um, just fantastic. And, and I love the fact that they're doing so well in that space. I was scared of that space because I, I knew I, I it's was, history. I knew it's history a little bit and mm-hmm. I thought, Wow, it's because it's such low ceilings, and is it comfortable enough? And they made it feel really comfortable, and no surprise. You know, yeah, no, no surprise, it's no surprise. No surprise. Um, and uh, and so I think those are those. You know, and every you know, there's so many. We talked about Taylor Railworks. We talked about, um, you know, there's, you know, like, I mean, Justin Wooder, what he's doing at Castania. I mean, there's just there's so many great chefs and great places. So. I didn't mention you. I'm, there's there's very few places. You can only mention like. so many, but if you right. want, we'll probably tag this on Instagram, and you can add to it later oh, on if, okay. you, if you have the desire to do that. Well, and of course, Longbon. I mean, we have only been a couple times when in when in the very beginning, yeah. but I really that's probably the restaurant I look forward to going to eat. And you know what else is is. Uh, Padi is still great. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> it's not. It's not that Longbon's the only game in uh, that no, space. No, 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 no. I mean, just like excitement. Right. So. Well, cool. Thanks. So, where are people going to get the book? As I assume it'll be at Pals, but. Yeah. No, uh, I think I think it's going to be available nationwide at all kind of like bookstores. But I. Uh, <laughs> that would that would stand a reason. I think uh, the can you can you buy one? You'll be able to. You buy can buy it one apps? on. Well, you can buy one at, on Am. You can pre-order on Amazon right now. You can you can. Can, can people do, come to eat at Ox and get a signed copy? We will absolutely have signed copies at Ox. Okay. Uh, we're also doing some events um, coming up. Go to oxpdx.com to and check out the cookbook section for our upcoming events, and you'll see where we're going to be. That we're going to do a couple events in Seattle. That's great, and uh, and then in San Francisco and Napa, and there were Pebble Beach. We're signing books, but oh, nice! Yeah, are you a golfer? I am. You're gonna play? Uh, I don't think that's part of the package that they give you. They give you a room, and they give you a, a you know, they get you, they get you there. But have you ever played there? Not at Pebble Beach, no. I did years ago. It I think looks it's really 19, hard. 1987 or something. Yeah, it's. It's pretty cool, but I, I'm sure it's probably what a thousand bucks around now or something. I like don't that. know what it is, but I'll tell you: when you play a hard golf course, 
it's really hard. Like you, you know, I, you know, I'm usually like a in the '90s kind mm-hmm. of yeah, you know golfer. So add, I'm very average. I'm a little, I'm a little bit, you know. Oh, add twenty to your handicap. It's right. a hard course. It's so. I hard. think I did okay, but the wind was so. I don't remember. I don't play much anymore. Once the wind picks in, then you're in the sand. You're. It's just the day. Right. And but besides, you're just enjoying the experience. Yeah. Are you? Are well, you really enjoying golf? it's so golf? beautiful there. Oh. No, I don't, I don't enjoy it anymore. That's why I don't play. But I, I would like to go out and play with people I enjoy playing with. I've just never done that. I've always been, like, my whole experience, my father was a golf nut, and it was just not enjoyable after a while. So well, I that's why playing. it's for competitive people, because it's just, it's the, it's, it's such a competitive sport because it's again you're just against yourself and it's like right. how do you not cheat like oh this is such a tough lie yeah. I could just kick it out nobody's okay. here and no one yeah what's the no, difference what's the difference no the difference is is in when you when you do hit it well and you hit the birdie or the hole in one or whatever it's not really a birdie or hole in one because right. you did something I had a hole in one once uh, you're, but you're it was a blind it was a blind par three I didn't see it so I we were looking for the ball. It was in the hole. <laughs> I wish I could have jumped up and down. Thanks so much. I'm jumping up and down. Uh, Court, it was great. Just a pleasure to have. Yeah. I've been wanting you on this podcast for a while. We've tried. I know. We're busy, and we also hate doing things like this sometimes. <laughs> uh, Did you hate? Was this okay? No, this is fine. It's kind this of relaxing. I like this. No, no. It's a very it's very cool call. Fine is an acceptable answer. Fine. This is fine. <laughs> yeah. And we hope you think that about the podcast and share it with everyone and by the way we're well I listen to your podcast by the way I do I've I when I see you throw it up on social media I I listen I listen to Scott Dolich last week I loved that he's he's a hero of mine as well cool and by the way that's right you offered a uh, 20 bucks $20 gift card to Ox we do hashtag this podcast has to share this hashtag share to win R-A-T-F and I've also got uh, tickets to a movie have you heard of the movie City of Gold, starring the famous food critic Jonathan Gould? No. It's a it's a um, documentary. Hmm. It's supposed to be very interesting. It's playing at Cinema Twenty One hmm. on the starting on the twenty fifth. We got tickets. That's cool. This is like radio now. Yeah. They they asked us to give away color ten right now. Thought it was categorically <laughs> appropriate. Yeah. So if you share Ox, we'll we'll pick one. We'll pick one person to get the Ox gift card and two tickets to uh, to the movie. Sounds like a date night. Yeah, I think so. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Intro music by Ariel Varinas. Find links to her music in the show notes section. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. Right